Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors and over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Whew, twas the day before Christmas break, it feels like. A lot of people I know are off today through Christmas. I'm like, wow, I, I'll be here for a little bit longer for sure, right? It feels that way. Markets are a little bit lower. Stocks touch record highs this morning. Just touched them. Yeet, touched them. And they came right back down. Um, S&P 500 is going to rebalance tonight, and Tesla will be put into it after the market closes. It will be interesting to see how big this is going to play into Monday and what it means for Tesla. Because there was a lot of expectations. And on Wall Street, there's a kind of a, a phrase out there, buy on the news or buy on the rumor, sell on the news, right? So we will see how that when Will they be added to the S&P 500 versus, oh, they've been added to the S&P 500, how it plays out. So stocks look to end the week on a good note, but not sure we're going to hit there. Yesterday, all three major indices ended at record closing highs, even as lawmakers remain locked in discussions over another coronavirus relief package. I don't know. I'm getting tired to talking about it because I don't feel like I'm adding much. I, what I can add today is Republicans want to keep it under a trillion so they can hide behind the B word. Trump wants it to be more cash to potential voters or people that support his cause. Democrats, they want to wait as long as they can just in case they lose the Senate in Georgia or fail to regain it. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on right now. Um, and again, that's very, very political. Sentiment on Wall Street is getting off the charts. We're bullish that in the front of bad economic news, we're like, eh, it doesn't really matter. We got stimulus coming in. To be fair, this has been stunning. We're talking by the end of the year, we'll be at almost $4 trillion of stimulus thrown into the economy. That's a lot of printed money slash future debt, if we ever want to pay it back. But I get the feeling that we never will while I'm alive. FedEx sank this morning after reporting higher costs in its later quarterly, latest quarterly results. As package demand surged records during the pandemic and onset the holiday delivery season, uh, UPS fallen in sympathy. It's kind of like... Um, this was their moment to shine, and they didn't. I own FedEx through the S&P 500. I don't own it personally. 
but it's going nowhere fast. Dow component Nike is set to report quarterly results after the market close. Followed a market outperforming rally of 39% for the year to date. Uh, NASDAQ's up over 40% for the year. The S&P 500's having a very good year, but not quite as good as the NASDAQ. And the Dow's well behind it, but I don't really like the Dow. I say this on a regular basis, but I repeat for those who are here for the first time or for those who need a little bit of support. Uh, the Dow's 30 stocks, of which I probably like 10 of them. I probably dislike 10 of them, and 10 I'm kind of apathetic towards. I'm not quite sure why we're forced to pay attention to it. Because a lot like the S&P 500, they made a mistake in including Apple not 20 years ago, not 19 years ago, not 15 years ago, not 10 years ago, not five years ago, but three years ago. That seems a little bit late. Yeah, okay. There's some sort of Russia hack going on. Um, and I don't know enough about it. I've had it up to here with, I can only fill up my gasoline with stock market and then only a little bit of extra space for politics. But we'd start getting into Russian hacking. I'm going to leave that one up to you guys. Because I think that's probably the safest way for me to go. Is it not? So the Dow Jones Industrial Average. Having a good week, as is the S&P 500, as is the S&P mid-cap, as is the NASDAQ composite, as is the Russell 2000. There's been widespread participation in the stock market rally as we close in on Christmas. Next week, we might enter that phase of the Santa Claus rally, when a lot of traders say, you know what? I've made my money. I've got my bonuses. The end of the year is here. I'm going to go quiet. I'm going to take the wife and the kids to the beach. And we walk away. And we leave it to the amateurs. And the amateurs tend to buy more so than sell. So again, Monday, we're going to get that Tesla inclusion, the S&P 500. I'm dying to see what that looks like. That's the nerd in me. Did you see the Raiders game last night? I only turned on the last minute of regular fourth quarter and then watch the overtime. And what a show. There's a phrase that I used to like from a sports broadcaster. He said, games are lost. They're not won. And last night, the Raiders lost five games. They had it sewed up. And they couldn't pull it off. I think that analogy works on Wall Street, too. If you just buy the S&P 500, if you're my producer, if you're a young man with the future ahead of you, go get a great job. Because that's going to mean a lot more to you in your 40s, 50s and 60s. But start putting money in the S&P 500. You don't have to pick the winner of the MVP award for next year. You don't have to pick the winner of the Super Bowl. You don't have to pick a playoff team. You just put in the S&P 500 and let capitalism do its thing. So Moderna is down a little bit after the FDA advisory panel voted 20 to 0 to recommend approving the company's COVID vaccine for emergency use authorization. Tucker Carlson's getting all sorts of heat today because last night in his opening monologue, he questioned the validity of the vaccine. 
And I'm telling you, if you're watching Fox News or MSNBC for the science version of it, you're probably not doing yourself a favor. If you're watching for entertainment and conspiracy theories on both sides, you're probably going to be pretty damn entertained in my book. But that's just me. Um, I prefer the BBC, and I know that sounds like I'm an awful human being for saying that, but that's how middle of the road I am. You, I'm so middle of the road, I got a yellow line going down my belly button. Okay, that didn't work, did it? Um, we don't know how long this last leg of stimulus needs to last. That's going to bring up a question for me, maybe April, May time frame. If we don't see unemployment, and this is going to be damning on President Trump's uh, history, if we don't see unemployment drop down to 8%, 7%, 6%, 5% on a month-to-month basis, it's telling you uh, we need more. We've stagnated on the jobs, and the next round of stimulus will help some. But we're also seeing corporate America really stop and reflect, what do we need to hire when we do reopen? Because they're not doing much right now at all. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. There's a pretty good free newsletter that you can get. If you go to Bloomberg.com or if you search Bloomberg Green, they put together kind of the best of that section of a Bloomberg terminal. And what do I mean by that? Wall Street insiders or workers, financial experts, people who work in the industry, we can subscribe to a very pricey tool called a a Bloomberg terminal. And it's how Michael Bloomberg became a billionaire. He set up a media empire catering to financial information. It's the best information out there. To put it this way, or to put it simply, I get joyous when I use a Bloomberg terminal. They're expensive as snot, but they have the best information. So uh, one of the things that they do, because they are driving more people to their website, you get like 10 articles a month or three articles a month for free, something like that. Totally worth it. But click carefully or clear your cache of cookies. So Bloomberg Green is kind of a subdivision inside of the Bloomberg world. And they do a very, very nice job of analyzing the future of coal, the architecture, infrastructure of energy, the carbon offsets sold to corporate giants. That's one way Tesla made money for years, is they would sell their carbon offsets to companies that weren't green. Fascinating. Um, There's... Fascinating articles on like agricultural pests that are prospering in warmer conditions in the United States. Cows connected to rainforest deforestation. It's really good reads, especially in front of a Democrat president who it looks like he's going to try to, if Obama was to health care, Biden might be to the environment is the thought. Trump was to cutting taxes. I think they all have kind of a signature policy, maybe. But 
listen to this, like greener beer, greener beer cans. 70% of the metal used at Anheuser-Busch is recycled. The brewer says it will further reduce emissions by introducing low carbon aluminum produced by metal giant Rio Tinto, whose smelters in Canada are powered by hydroelectricity. And you're like, I like it. I like it. I'm picking up what you're putting down there, Anheuser-Busch. Here comes the beer. Here comes the beer. They're number one. Do you remember the first time you saw the Clydesdales? Or have you ever seen a Clydesdale in real life? It's stunning. They don't look like they'd be delicious. But I bet if you fry it, it a fried Clydesdale would be just as good as a fried puppy. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Um, China's decarbonizing buses. China's Minister of Ecology and Environment announced it had replaced 60% of the country's buses with electric vehicles. That's up from 20% in 2015. Can't argue that, in my opinion. Walmart's boosting the green power. They're working toward zero emissions from its global operations by 2040. This may not matter to you. I grew up on the East Coast. I grew up in foreign countries. We looked at the West Coast as a bunch of tree hugger berserkleys. Everyone in Berkeley was everyone in California. We didn't really get to know the difference or the subtle nuances of a whole population that's a pretty big country in of itself, California. I, I, I grew up with friends and I have friends on the East Coast right now who are like, uh, I don't care. My car gets one mile per gallon. I'm happy. I got big wheels on it. I have friends like that. My parents are from the South. Oh, it's tough to say that because we grew up overseas. So, but there was Southern influence there for sure. I do like biscuits. I ate grits as a child. Grits, which if you feed your grit to kids grits today, it's probably considered child abuse. But so I don't really care about the green nature of things. It's not in my DNA. But if you're under 35, you care about it. And for those who grew up in California, you care about it. I care about it because I think the children are our future. A little Dion Warwick, please. Let's cue some Dion Warwick before the show's over. Can I get some Dion Warwick? I believe the children are future. Uh, Japan pledges net zero. Millennials are going to support anyone who doesn't pollute the planet. That's the reason I care. Let me get that bottom line out there. General Mills, which last time you ch I checked, they make cereal, which when did cereal get so expensive? Didn't it used to be like a buck 90 a box or 250? It's now like six, seven, eight dollars a box of cereal. Whoa, and they're smaller boxes, right? General Mills said it plans to reduce greenhouse gas emissions by 30% within the next decade across their entire supply chain of products aiming to reach net zero emissions by 2050. 30 years from now, that's noble. Not as good as 2030. They make Cheerios, they make Haagen-Dazs, they make Annie's Organic Foods. So you kind of see how this is continuing to happen. Um, just throwing that out there. 800 Oh, so Bloomberg Green, if you go to Bloomberg or if you search Bloomberg Green newsletter, they will send you a, a shiny new version of it every two weeks, I believe. And maybe it'll give you some hope if you're an environmentalist. Maybe it'll give you some ideas if you're an investor. Just throwing it out there. Biden faces challenges. Congress drops state aid to secure stimulus. That's going to be an interesting thing to look at. 
this time next year. When you're in a war, you don't look at the cost. When you when you eradicate the the flu, you're gonna start looking at the cost. We're gonna look at how many people died. And that's when it'll become a tragedy. When you're living in it, you're like, ah, do I know anyone other than Rob's mom? And a lot of people don't. But in years to come, our kids are gonna go, ma'am, dad, did 350,000 Americans really die of COVID? And they won't, they'll be confused because they'll see World War II and they'll go, well, it's not so bad. Compared to World War II, COVID's much worse than World War II. You're like, whoa. Now, don't go tell the Russians because the Russians lost millions and millions and millions of people in World War II. Anyhow, I'm totally digressing, am I not? How much money do you need to last until the day you die? I think that's a great question. And I don't think there's a great answer. USA Today has an article today talking about how to avoid running out of money in retirement. It's a big fear of mine that, you know, partying today will lead to eating beanie weenies and living in a trailer park when I'm 70. And then I'll be cursed and have like, I'll live to 110. Like, I don't want to live with no money. The longer you work, the more you can save towards retirement. That's trick number one of making it last. If I didn't have $4 million, that would pay me roughly $160,000. Uh, is that enough to live off? I think it's more than enough to live off, even in a pricey state like California. If I didn't have my goal, let's say I'm willing to settle for $3 million to last until the day I die. I'd continue working. Maybe at Home Depot. Maybe I'd pick up a hobby. Like, I'm pretty good at drywall. I'm great at painting. We'll talk about how you can make it last longer in just a few minutes when we return. I'm Rob Black. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black. This is AGR. They're going to have a concert the day after Christmas. If you have kids between the age of 8, 14, you might like that. Just throwing it out there for you. 800-516-1220. You can find them at AJRbrothers.com. Um, I'm starving for entertainment. I've already started lining up what I'm going to watch over Christmas break. I'm like, first, I'm going to watch Wonder Woman 1984 on HBO Max. Second, I'm going to watch because I'm starving for entertainment. It's it's That's the thing about the lockdowns and COVID issues with us in California. Is like, I didn't like going to the movies, but at least I went once or twice a year on a date. And maybe once or twice a year with my kids. And it was a nice break to have someone else make the popcorn. If that makes any sense. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, Money investing and more. Don't be shy. One of the things I was talking about before I went to break is making your money last until the day you die. I think that's something that should resonate with all of us. The USA Today has done a very nice job of – what has the USA Today done? They've done a nice job of, of putting together some basic financial planning articles through the years. So you can get basic financial information 
you can get moderate financial information from someone like me. You can get hardcore financial planning information from someone like CFP Chad Burton. The one area in financial news that I want you to kind of like run away from, and this may not sound terribly fair, um, stock picking. I'm a great stock picker. Um, I've made mistakes. I'm good with that. I've avoided owning Tesla directly because I want to err on the side of caution. And there was a period of time where he said, we were 30 days away from running out of money and going bankrupt. So I was like, whew, glad I missed that one. But at the same time, I look at the returns in the last decade, I'm like, I can't curse on air, can I? So ways to, if your goal is 3 million, I think your goal should at least be a million. That was my original goal when I turned 18. When I turned 18, I was in a pretty serious car wreck where it wasn't my fault. And I knew there would be a settlement coming because I spent a, a night in a hospital ER room. Um, pretty much so locked up. With that said, I got $3,000. And my goal at 18 was like, okay, I'm going to be in pain probably on and off the rest of my life. Um, but I want to have money when I turn 60 when I retire. And my goal then was to actually retire at 50 and beat the system. And then I learned you don't really retire at 50 because you want healthcare benefits and our government doesn't give you healthcare benefits at 50. You don't hit Medicare, Medicaid, Medi-Cal, whatever, whatever state program you might be in or federal program you might apply to, typically until you're 62 and a half, 60, 62. It can vary a bit here and there. I know that the benefits on social security disability, not the best. But I know a lot of people go, well, it's better than nothing. <laughs> I'm like, it's not the best. Um, so how long do you need your money to last? A million dollars to pay you essentially $40,000 a year each year until the day you die. I got that understanding. Longevity has been ticking up and up and up. When we had the idea of social security, originally people were dying, kicking over at 60. So they would work till like they're 58 and then die at 60. And every couple of years we lived, science took us a little bit older. 60 became 62. Women lived to 63, men lived to 62. A couple of years after that, women were living to 68, men were living to 66. This is gonna be the first year due to COVID that the, it's not the first year but it's gonna be uh, pronounced that the average lifespan is going to shorten for children born today. Life expectancy for males at 65 was 18.1 years and for females at 65 in 2018, you had another 20 years. So two years ago, you were a female, there's a good chance you'd live till 85 and September, 10 months, eight months. If you were a male, your 65 would turn into 73. So let's say you retire at 60, you have 13 years of retirement income, a million dollars, $40,000 a year, that's good. If you do start drawing down on it, because social security is gonna pay you about 20, but that's gonna be taxed, it's really gonna pay you about 8,000 after you pay your insurance premiums. 
So you see why I'm going like with 48,000 versus a million. I'm looking at the income in retirement versus the asset. When I'm young and growing the asset, I'm looking like, let's turn 400 into 500,000, 500 into 600,000. So retirement rules will change. That's one of the weird things about this is Biden may have to get into office and say, you know, we need to pay these states back because uh, they've spent an enormous amount of money uh, it, it diverted from social programs to helping people with COVID, helping hospitals. So he may say, you know, you're not going to be able to retire until you're 90. <laughs> I don't know what the number is. I'm being ridiculous there. But you got to work longer is the idea if you don't have enough assets saved. Social Security, 15% of each payment comes through tax-free. So it's a tax-privileged law. But Social Security promises to pay nearly most Americans a specified amount of income for life. Could be considered the best longevity insurance money you buy. It's almost like an annuity, but it's not a lot of money. I don't know anyone who could live off $20,000 a year after taxes. That's going to cut it down to, and depending on what state you live on, sales taxes. So you get income taxes, you get sales taxes, then you get... You know, mistakes in life where like you wreck a car and you have a, a deductible and like that money doesn't last very long. So it is inflation adjusted, but in the last 10 years, it's averaged 1.7%. It's not going up like the stock market. Um, a couple things you should start thinking about. You know how I said my goal is like a million to four million. As I aged and found a spouse, I was like, dang it, I need $2 million. And then when I added children, I'm like, I should have a little bit more so I can make sure I can pay for their college. Don't know if that's working for you or not, but that's where I'm coming from. A um, couple other things about retirement and income to last until the day you die. When you have the asset that you're comfortable with, you need to start thinking about switching that from growing that. For instance, I have, let's hypothetically say, $1 million in Apple. I need to start thinking about, because I do have a friend who has about 400000 in Apple. And it's the only thing he has. He owns no other stocks. So he's already close to retirement. So he's going to need to start thinking about, okay, that's not going to pay me very much money in retirement. Apple's dividend yields less than 1% right now, but its stock equity has grown so much you don't care. But when you're actually in retirement and you need money to pay for groceries or need money to pay for depends undergarments, <laughs> um, you're going to be saying, where's that? Where's the cash? Where's the beef? So you got to start thinking about income portfolios. Um, I got an email earlier this week from someone on at Cron, and it almost made me cry because she's got stage four breast cancer. Has an old home in Oakland. And she's looking for kind of like miracles on income in retirement. And she's like, well, maybe I'll get a loan if I have to fix the house up. I'm like, no one's going to give you a loan. You got stage four cancer. You have no income. And it's, it's tragic to think about when you're 60 and you have cancer. One of the things she could look into is reverse mortgage, but I'm like, why don't you just get out of the state of California altogether? Because a reverse mortgage would help her 
But that too is going to be creating high costs, high fees, and that too will eventually run out if she happens to live a little bit too long. It's weird to say out loud, isn't it? One of the most morbid things I ever said on this, this show was the best thing my dad ever did for my mother was die relatively fast. Um, he had a heart attack when he was 52. They found lung cancer. They took it out. Goes away. Comes back five years later. He's 58. They said, you'll be dead in six months. He died six months later. There wasn't a lot of lingering. There wasn't a lot of medical bills. There wasn't a lot of surprises. So anyway, you got to think about how much money you're going to have and how long it's going to last you. Movie theaters. <laughs> They're coming, you know, HBO Max, and we're going to stream Wonder Woman 1984 and all 17 movies on our movie slate on HBO Max next year. Movie theaters are attacking Warner Brothers, saying, you know, when they do release movies in movie theaters again, we may, eh, we'll charge three bucks a ticket. Uh, is there a war going on here? Warren Buffett said on Monday, there's a war and Congress needs to step up and get funding done. Are movie theaters at war with HBO Max now? It kind of feels like a little retaliation. George Clooney said something the other day. He goes, people will go back to movie theaters, just not now. Kids will want to go on dates. Parents will want to escape the kids. I had a dream about a movie theater last night. How weird is that? I snuck into a movie theater last night in my dreams. I'm Rob Black. Is that subliminal or what? As Dr. Freud would say. What? You can find me online at robblackshow.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. So it's time for Rob Black's annual Christmas miracle story. It's really not a Christmas miracle story, and it's actually going to be probably the saddest, most depressing story you hear of the day. But let's do it anyway, shall we? So I once dated a woman whose father worked as a mechanic. So she got free plane tickets around the world. It's a pretty nice perk when you're dating someone who could say, let's go to Bermuda. I'm like, all I got to do is pay for my own ticket. And she's like, yep. Money was a little bit more of an issue for me than, than it is today. But how do I tell the story to make it even more Christmassy? There's no good snow in it. There's nothing like that. Her dad owned a home. Was married to a fairly obese woman. Father decided he was going to mortgage his home in Fremont. And he bought a rental and it worked out incredible, incredible. Then the story starts to get take a dark turn. He now owns two pieces of property in California and they're both doing well. And he's got a renter paying for one of them. So he's stoked. So he decides, let's do it again. He takes money out again and buys another home. And then he does it again. So he now has three rentals. Life is looking good. And then the recession hits, people lose their jobs. So the renters flee. He can't afford three mortgages on his own, not as a mechanic, no way. So he gets a second job cleaning rugs. 
and long days and long nights, cleaning rugs at night, being an airline mechanic during the day. Great, great pension for the record. But he wasn't retired. He wasn't close to retirement. And that's when he has a heart attack and dies. So he has two daughters. One of them was on permanent disability for a reason I was never able to figure out. <laughs> but she enjoyed it. So she basically stayed in an apartment with her girlfriend and never really thought about getting a job because California disability was paying her not to work. I only dated her for maybe like four or five months. But at that point of time, her mother had a stroke. So the dad's dead. He loses all four houses. They have to move into a rental. The mom's in the rental, but she's probably like 350 pounds and she's had a stroke, so she can't wipe her own butt. So here I'm dating a young woman who's beautiful and she's wanting to like marry someone like me who has a good job, a good career. Things were looking good for her and then her mom has a stroke and she has to start taking care of her mom. Um, I tell you that story in large part, and for the record, she's gone on married well and has two kids. So it's, there's a happy ending if there's a Christmas miracle in that. But the sad part of it is, is the dad, he kind of got caught up in this whole California real estate always goes up thing. And it doesn't. And when it doesn't, if you don't have the cash flow to cover your, your basic mortgage, you're in trouble. So he never thought about emergency money because he only knew the good times. He probably sat there and watched the real estate go up in the 90s, watched the stock market go up in the 90s. And he was like, ah, oh, what am I doing wrong? And then he got over kind of aggressive in 2000. And he wasn't counting on that real estate market to stop for any period of time. He wasn't counting on renters to say, California's become too expensive. I need to get out of the state. And let's, let's also talk about where he was buying. Fremont is lovely. And it's a much cheaper home there than, say, Palo Alto or San Francisco. So he wasn't, I'm not saying it's a bad neighborhood because it's not. But he was doing kind of as much as he could affordably, if that makes any sense when you're buying a $600,000 home. So he basically went bankrupt, lost all four homes, got into a position of having to work two jobs and had a heart attack and died. The mom didn't take good care of her body, which I'll give CFP Chad Burton credit on, on like one big, one big push, stay healthy. As long as you can, when you're not healthy and you're 60 years old, it's expensive. I agree. One of the weirder financial healthcare tips I've ever given is floss your teeth. Because teeth to replace are expensive. And if you've never seen anyone live with dentures, it's not fun. Where do I go with this? It's a very, very good question, is it not? Wonder Woman! Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. He died, went bankrupt. And the mom needs someone to help her go to the bathroom. And the daughter, instead of like enjoying her marriage and her children, probably is a little stressed out. Lululu. What happened this year with Apple? They, they own the rights somehow to all the Charlie Brown Christmas specials. Is that not something we learned in 2018, 2019, 2020, that content is king? 
So Timer Warner is able to forevermore have a channel that has all their movies on it, and they're not going to give them to Netflix anymore. Maybe they will, but maybe they won't. And Disney's in the same exact position. Disney, Pixar used to make bank by, by leasing those movies over to uh, Netflix, and Netflix got subscribers from it. Because as parents, we were tired of buying DVDs and VHS cassettes so our kids would watch a two-hour Finding Nemo movie a hundred times, wear it out, and we had to buy another one. So when they all went digital, we were stoked. The content's pretty much so king, is it not? Oh, the poor retailers who are in malls like JCPenney. JCPenney continues to hemorrhage cash, and they continue to close more stores. Jacques Pony. They should change their name to the famous French designer, Jacques Pony. Would that save them? No way. Uh, Amazon killed them all. Not Amazon didn't kill them all. Amazon killed them all. Just so you know, I'm not accusing Jeff Bezos of being a serial killer. Although I don't think he much cares for Captain Crunch. He thinks he's a fake captain. Captain of what Navy, he asks. I'm Rob Black talking all... Thanks, Jeff. Sorry. But trust me. Leave me alone, Jeff. I'll pay my taxes. I'll do whatever I have to do. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial, money, investing, more.